Market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that, well, didn't just recently die in prison. I know, I know. It's a deep, deep, dark way to start the podcast. But stick with me, because it'll get lighter. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me, as always, the straw man himself, Andrew Page. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good, Mr. Phillips. Always good to chat. How are things? It is lovely to chat. Mate, things are good. You know what? When people ask me how are things, I look out the window, and when the sun's shining, I can't help but be happy. So I'm good. I'm very well. Uh, the sun is out. It's not as cold as it was on the weekend, can I say. I live in the Southern Highlands, as our listeners may know, and, mate, it was minus one on, I think it was Sunday morning or Saturday. Like, it was just really cold. So I, I've got a reprieve this week, and I'm taking it. But uh, winter is coming, as, uh, as they say in Game of Thrones, and uh, I'm not looking forward to that just quietly. But I'm enjoying the sunshine while it's here. How about you? Well, was it cold enough for you to put a jumper on? Because as long as I've known you, I'll be sitting there shivering with three jackets on, and you'll be in it. You'll be in a singlet. So you know, I, that, that we, we we probably have different measures of cold, but. Fair. Also, for the sake of accuracy, can I say you have never seen me in a singlet because I don't wear them. So let's just clear that one up for people just before you <laughs> let that get it. I, I can't let that go unchallenged on the airwaves. It becomes fact all of a sudden. I, I have not worn a singlet. You've never seen me in a singlet. T-shirt, yes. Singlet, no. Mate, um, let's, so, so I, I should, I should mention, you are, you are the straw man. You are from straw man. You're from strawman.com. You are kind enough to join us on the podcast. And so as a result, I'm kind enough or basically we're contractually obliged. No, I'm kidding. To give you a free plug. So tell me again what strawman.com is. <laughs> Man, strawman's just. Uh, I, I think I've used a different definition each week, but look, it's it just it's just a <laughs> it's just a place for investors to get together, share ideas, hopefully find some new ideas, and hopefully become a better investor. Is there beer? Mate, there's there's um, <laughs> that's a personal choice. I always like to have one <laughs> not too far away when I'm when I'm doing some stock research. So you, you provide you provide the virtual meeting place. Everyone provides their own grog. Is that what you're saying? It, that's how it works. Yeah, we're not we're not go. providing free beer. Just to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> after your after your singlet jibe, mate, I think I'm allowed to put that one. No, look, <laughs> you can bring your own beer. That's it. Look, there are, there are no there are no rules at strawman.com. Hey, go, well, there's yeah, no, go, no rules on no rules on, on beverages. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mate, um, let's let's get on with the with the news. I did start with a bit of it was a bit dark to start with. I kind of off the top of my head, you know. Sometimes these things land. Sometimes they don't. Bernie Madoff, the. Uh, I would say great. The disgraced Bernie Madoff has died. The king of the Ponzi scheme. We'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe we've got a massive week of macro news. The Australian economy has apparently, in quotes, fully recovered, according to three economists. Mm. The borders are still Mm. closed, though. So what does that mean? And frankly, based on the vaccine rollout, the borders might be closed longer than you and I have. uh, I was going to say hair, but I've lost my hair ages ago. So as long as you and I can travel, we don't know how long it's going to be. We have... (laughs) A big deal out of China. The ASX hits a post-pandemic high, as does yeah, Bitcoin. You may be talking about Bitcoin, so I'll talk about Bitcoin again. And we will, if we have time, dip into the full mailbag. Let's get on with it, hey? Yes, let's do it. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. All right, buddy. Let's talk. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to talk about Bernie Madoff or not. He, Bernie Madoff died, apparently overnight in New York prison, aged 82. He was serving a 150-year sentence, so he probably wasn't going to get out under any circumstances, but he has he has died. Not likely. I don't, I don't want to... I mean, yeah, like, there's, there's the personal reality is the, the bloke's died. We shouldn't um, we shouldn't miss the personal for the financial or, or, frankly, you know, he's not exactly going to be missed by a whole lot of people, but he has family and friends, so I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to dance on, on, on his grave. But, um, mate, it's time to talk a little bit of, just about the Bernie Madoff story and Ponzi schemes in general. And I just thought, really quickly, we just cover that because he is the guy known as the king of the Ponzi scheme, and it was something that I was thinking about the other day, and it, 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 it's... 
Ponzi schemes like lies are one of those things where you kind of start and then unless you set out to defraud, I don't know if we ever know the way the Madoff is always dodgy or just started to get dodgy because he had to try and or felt like he had to try and make up some lost ground and then he kind of dug himself a, d- a deeper and deeper hole. But in any case, that tends to be the way these things happen. What exactly is a Ponzi scheme and why do we care? A Ponzi scheme, mate, is something where returns are paid out of fresh capital, I suppose. So right. um, it, it continues to work as long as people continue to tip money in. So you can you can sort of, when people do ask for redemptions, um, you know, you, you've got cash there. It's just that it's not being generated from actual returns. And it works remarkably well until the cash flow stops. In right, which case, right, right. people, you know, just you know, the music stops and, and no one has a chair. So, um, and and he did this with with huge sums of money for a very very long amount of time. And in like so often is the case. In hindsight, it seems really obvious. And I think one of the biggest red flags was the was both the magnitude and consistency mm. of returns. Now, <laughs> you and I and all our listeners know that. You look, investing in the share market has has wonderful benefits, but one thing it does not provide is consistent, even returns <laughs> <laughs> over all over all periods. That's true, and and that 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 was probably that was probably the biggest red flag of all. But at the <laughs> same time, you know that's that's what we all crave and want. And when things are being delivered, you're getting these statements in the mail saying how well you're going. You know, and you and as they say, there's nothing worse than watching your neighbor getting rich. So you're telling your friends that, hey, I've got my money invested in this. I've been getting 20% per year over the last X years. You know, just it's a very intoxicating, compelling story. And, and text files, right? Like I want um, to believe yeah, if someone he, tells he, you he, you're getting these returns, you're going to just keep jumping down and down and down. Like, you know, you're not going to question them at some point, right? Like, hey, you may be 20% a year for the last 10 years. Wow. I, I, I mean, wow, it's unusual, unsurprising, yeah. but gee, I'll take it. Very few people say, yeah, that's not going to happen. I, I, I don't feel okay about that. I'm going to go and either take my money out or look somewhere else. The returns are there. Your friends are getting the same returns as yeah. you say. These things tend to spread by word of mouth. And so your mates are already in it and they invite you to join. And so, you know, who wants to leave the party early? And the answer should have been everybody yeah. or at least those were, you know, but who's going to? No, everyone's making money. You don't want to see, as you say, your neighbor getting rich while you keep losing money so or not making money. It's a really, yeah. I just say, it literally is intoxicating in, in the, almost in a very real sense, right? It's not, it's, not a, it's not a substance you're being intoxicated by, but it's as powerful, maybe even more powerful because that social proof is phenomenally strong. Hey, look, it makes sense too. So if I'm going to put my money with some fund, some fund manager, um, mm. I'm always going to look at, at their history. And it's a very, very well-known fact that the, the fund flows each year um, absolutely favour the fund that had the best performance last year. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, money money chases uh, success. As a quick mm. aside, that is that is a uh, a horrible thing to do um, because yeah. there's, there's actually a bit of a reverse correlation there. Yeah. And and while I think it's super imp- track record matters. I mean, you know, mm. I, everyone claims to be the next sort of Buffett, and and you know, you sort of want to see some substance behind that. The trouble is, is that the share market being the share market is, is that you can do really dumb things for quite a while and look really good. <laughs> That's right. You know, and it's interesting enough too, when you look at a lot of these funds that have great, great, uh, you know, annual returns or whatever, mm-hmm. looking over longer time frames, they're often not quite as good. But, but mm-hmm. again, people want to believe, wow, this is the fund that has been going really great this year. It's top, it's top the rankings. 
I'm going to take all of my money out of this other one that hasn't been performing so well, <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm going to pop it into that one. Yeah. Not yeah. recognizing that even the the best investors just have these periods of underperformance, sometimes mm. very mm. long periods of underperformance. We've seen that actually with a lot of val- value fund managers here in mm. Australia and abroad recently, mm. with this sort of big focus on on growth, and you know it's 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 been well discussed. So I won't go um, uh, back into that, but you know I I, I think. I just, I just think it's, it's so true in, in so many aspects of life, but particularly in investing. When things seem too good to be true, they <laughs> usually are. Yeah. And I think, I think, so yeah. Just circle back on Madoff. That, that, that was, that was the, uh, that was the biggest issue of all. It, it, it was, it was great. It was too great. And and uh, eventually it unravels because you know you, you just you can't do that forever. They, it's like a, it's like a pyramid scheme, really. You know, mm-hmm. at a at a point, it just breaks down under its own yeah. weight. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, buyer beware, buyer beware. I like it, mate. That is, uh, I, I not mean to be not many people are going to miss Bernie Madoff, but if we can at least take that lesson from that, let his life and death be a salutary lesson to you fellow listeners uh, make sure that you know what you're investing in make sure you know what's going on make sure it all works properly um, and as Andrew yeah. says if it's too good to be true guess what it probably is mate let's move on to the macro yeah. the Australian economy has apparently fully recovered this is according to an AFR story during the week um, I you know I'm, I'm a card carrying optimist you know that our listeners well and truly know that um, it, it is a remarkable Story and these are these are you know serious economists. NAB chief economist Alan Oster was quoted. Westpac chief economist Bill Evans was quoted. Um, Stephen Halmarek from the CBA, their chief economist, also quoted, saying that basically GDP will or is already maybe before we get the numbers at pre-COVID levels. That is a, uh, I mate, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too long on this unless unless you particularly want to. But man, a hell of a thing, right? Like, <laughs> I you know we're literally what. Uh, almost exactly 14 months away from the share market high. Mm. That kind of coincided mm. to some degree with the stuff getting real. Uh, I would use another phrase, but that sort of starts with this. Stuff got real pretty fast in February last year. We are now back. Mm. We went through a, a recession, the fastest bear market, the deepest quarterly recession. Now we're back. I, I mean, that's in mm. itself is just worth, worth highlighting. Um, it's unemployment down to 5.8%, GDP growth back, RBA, Big contributor to that, wage inflation, price inflation, still not back. Budget, massive deficit, massive debt. Um, that we have to pay the piper at some point. But so you know, it wasn't costless. Uh, but man, you know, should we pop the champagne? Pancakes fourteen months later. I think it's. I think. I think it's worth uh, celebrating. I think it's it's worth um, acknowledging. Um, as I said last week, uh, I think. What happens a lot, and I, and I, by the way, I, I generally am an optimist too, so I don't, I don't want to mm. sort of rain on, on the parade here. But I, I think what was really interesting about this recession was that it was it was really uh, focused in, in its impact. So for anyone who kept their job, um, it was actually things, some people did really well out of this kind of stuff. Expenses went down massively. Um, they might've even got a bit of uh, stimulus. Um, uh, the, the money kept sort of coming in. It, it was great. If you worked in travel, if you worked in retail, you worked other, it was devastating. And so it wasn't as though the pain was evenly spread or even close to evenly spread. It was a very, very binary outcome. 
So uh, look, I think it's I think it's great news. I think I, look, no one, even the guys you quoted, uh, every expert under the sun, you asked them a, a year ago where yeah. we were going to be today. No <laughs> one would right. have would have That's would right. have forecast unemployment where it is or GDP where it is. I, I even That's noticed right. that that that. People, uh, CBA calling for um, 4.7% growth in GDP in 2021. Remarkable, hey? It, you know, and it's, it's so it, it is, it is, it is just, um, it's, it's just phenomenal. There's no other, there's no other way to put it. Having said that, again, un, under the covers here, although unemployment, it looks really good. We still have very high rates of underemployment, under, underutilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wage growth is real, still really uh, sluggish uh, and the rest of it. So, look, it's, 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 the, it's the usual thing with, with, with um, uh, macro. You'll always find something to like and something to hate. That, that, is, that is always the case. But, yeah, hey, great news. Not complaining. There are challenges out there, but I guess I guess there always are. The other thing I would I would comment on too. I think for this is probably true for all of our listeners. I know it's I know it's true for me. We're we're all sort of self obsessed, and so these things are <laughs> yes. all. Except, do you know what I mean? So it's it's sort of like uh, uh, unless you're like hardcore economics sort of nerd, this stuff is all sort of interesting. But at the end of the day, if you've lost your job, I mean, do you really care about these headlines? I mean. Or, or, or vice versa, if, if you're happening to be really good, but then you're hearing all these negative news around underutilization and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's 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 um, you you always look at it through your own lens. So I just want to acknowledge that I'm sure there's people out there listening who are, who kind of think, well, that's great, guys. Yeah, whoopty doo, the economy's going <laughs> great. But I, yeah, right. I've I've actually never had a time, and I, I really I really um, yeah. definitely feel for those people as well. And and we also saw a lot of people investors in the market who. Yes, in hindsight, every crash looks like an opportunity and is an opportunity. But at the time, mm-hmm. it is it is very scary. And 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 human behavior being what it is, I'm sure a lot of people sold out at the worst possible time, or you know, and just mm-hmm. it's just been a horrible experience. So just I just want to acknowledge all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, sort of say, hey, I'm glad that we are quoting these kinds of numbers because it it, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Mm. I think that's uh, yeah, that, that and that's probably the bottom line, right? But I I, I want to. Quickly tangent from this one, only slightly. Um, you mentioned we, we all self-reference, and we absolutely do. I've been watching on Twitter, and you know that that anything that starts with those those words is probably you probably should put a full stop there and move on. The house price stuff that's going on, and I I will say I'm sure you and I are are vulnerable to the same biases that I'm about to talk about, right? So I'm not throwing I'm not throwing stones from my little glass house here. But the conversation on Twitter is largely, hey, I have a preconception, probably for years. Here is the data that supports that. And even if there's data that doesn't support it, I can twist it in a way that supports my my prejudice. And that's not, by the way, the random shouty Twitter dude with three followers. This is experts mm. and journos and commentators and people who I'm not sure what would have to happen for them to change their views. But I, but I imagine it's probably involves a crowbar and a really, really tough bloke with a shotgun. And, and, you know, it's one of those, mm. it's one of those stories where you think, man, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't talk about specifics. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, you're sub, you know what subtweeting is? Do you know? What, I, I learned this recently. Subtweeting is where you talk about someone else's no. tweet without actually tweeting them. So you're kind of, you're kind of talking about oh. them without including them in the conversation. Like, you know, when you say, I can't believe you, you know, those people out there who say that housing is going to crash and blah, or whatever it is. And it's, it's someone you've, you're responding to without actually, you know, including them to kind of talk about them or, or around them without actually mentioning them. So I'm not going to do that in okay, a, no, in I didn't a audio format. Yeah. yeah, I know. You learned something today. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the, the conversations I've seen, and it's about housing in this particular case, but it's, it's all over the place. I, I, honestly, some of those experts should should hang their heads because 
if you're mm. going to be an expert in this stuff, you have to be prepared to change your mind. Your job is to analyze and understand the information. As I said, I'm guilty of it, by the way. So I'm not absolutely not throwing stones. I'm, I'm an optimist share market wise and I will be right up until the day the next recession is declared. And so, you know, I, I will be saying invest the day before the next crash. And that's okay because I think the weight of history is on my side, but I don't try and forecast it, right? These people who just are finding amazing ways of, and, and the reason I say that is because the unemployment, underemployment stuff has probably, I don't know it's got materially worse. Now, could it get better? Yes. But it's like those people who, you know, the share market goes up and say, oh, we can always crash. It's always going to crash next. Or when it goes down, they say, oh, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those weird scenarios where they can, they can twist the circumstances either in their mind or select evidence or, or read evidence to sort of say, yeah, yeah, but I'm still right because. And I just think, mm. and again, when they're experts, when they're people who should know better and either not forecast or be prepared to change their minds when the data changes, it's just fascinating, mate. And it reminds me, as you've started off with saying, don't listen to experts, don't listen to forecasts and predictions because the chances <laughs> they're right, unfortunately, yeah. are really, really low. They're either going to hug the averages or they're going to stick to whatever forecast they're making it and, and kind of just push it forward forever, waiting like those perma bears who've been negative since 1972, right? It's like eventually, every, once every yeah. decade, they're right. They say, See, I told you I'm right. In the meantime, the market's put on yeah. God knows how many hundred percent. Well, the, the preservation of, of ego is just a, a human. The humans just have a capacity for that. You, we, we will twist reality in any, any way, shape, or form, in, in so long as it is it is it does preserve um, our ego. Frankly, one of the, a really great signal I often, um, well, I, I very much pay attention to is when you see someone who has a great degree of humility and someone who stands yeah. up and goes, "Gosh, I was just one hundred percent wrong on that." I just instantly, the, their weighting goes up massively in their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the thing is, I think with investing, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day about this. He was he was a bit down because he, he'd made a couple of bad investments and go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't know what I'm doing and this is really hard. And I just, I, I had to sort of say that, look, even if you were the best investor in the world, making mistakes is just part of the game. <laughs> yeah, right, it, exactly. It happens. Or I don't... I don't care who you are. It's Peter Lynch, I yeah. think, who sort of said, if you're right six times out of ten, you're 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 a good investor. And it's sort of, mm. I think, I think it, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that um, you, you can you can do what you like to sort of um, preserve your ego and make yourself seem really smart, and that that that's great. Or at the end of the day, what's what's a far healthier response is just to acknowledge that when you've made a mistake, learn mm-hmm. from it, move on, and just accept that that is that is part of the game. You, you're going to make mistakes all of the time. Lord knows I've made my fair share and will continue <laughs> to do so. But <laughs> it's a game of probabilities, right? So right. I don't think nothing is a sure bet. So I think any investment mm-hmm. you make, regardless of your conviction, research, all the effort that you've done, it's, it's a probabilistic bet. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a 99% chance you're right, but there's always mm-hmm. a fraction that you're wrong. And, and the worst thing you, you can, the, the, the danger with, with trying to preserve this ego is mm-hmm. that it, it, it leads you to compound your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Whereas the really great investors, and I, and, and Buffett has said this, and a lot of other people have said this, it's not a, it's not a game where IQ really matters. It's a game <laughs> exactly. where the emotional temperament and fortitude really matters. Mm-hmm. And so the really great investors are the ones that sort of basically say, oh, yep, I was wrong, pull up stumps and then move, dust themselves off and, and, and move on. Whereas mm-hmm. those that, 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 are, that are too focused on, on trying to, you know, pretend that they were right mm-hmm. will double down, they'll stick with a losing bet and it just, it just makes things worse. So, you know, you, 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 you can't ignore reality and, and, and just don't beat yourself up about these kinds of things because it's, it's going to happen, guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's I think that's spot on, mate. I think that's anyway. So that, that was just my little 
my little rant about, about people, experts particularly who won't change their mind, just a reminder that, you know, you've you got to choose your news media, choose your experts carefully because if they're not going to change mm. their mind, then you need to discount that view or realise they're going to be wrong more often than not. They're not really being objective. Um, and I said, that, I, I won't go into more details on that because I don't really want to embarrass anyone or call anyone out. I said, I've made my own mistakes of, well, I don't actually forecast. So I haven't made that many mistakes on that that, that, um, mm. that approach. But yeah, just sticking with something regardless of the evidence, I think it's just it's crazy. Mate, um, let's, let's- Just one more, th- one, sorry, on. just one more thing very quickly too. If, if you're sort of looking around for, for people to follow, I think one, mm. one of the real traps and- Oh God knows I do this. Is that is that you you seek out confirmation, mm. um, and I and you you want to you want to hear people who agree with you, and and it's very hard to sort of ignore that. But one of the things that I've been trying to do, and I encourage others to do, is try and follow people who you really disagree with. Oh, so um, true, mate. You know, it's it's hard to do because more often than not, you just end up shouting at your phone or something. Well, you're throwing things at the TV, but it, it's it's very very dangerous to put yourself inside a bubble. Now, it doesn't mean you have to sort of, you know, um, uh, flip everything on its head and start you know agreeing with all all of these people. But it's really smart to sort of understand what the oppos- the opposing view is. As, as Munga says, you know, you need to be able to understand and articulate the bear case better than the bears themselves, uh, even when you're super bullish on, on an investment. Because if you mm. can't do that, if you can't sort of see the other side, you are you are just you are investing and operating with blinkers on. It's just very dangerous. So 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 try and broaden that view when when you are on things like Twitter and Reddit and all these other things. Um, it's, it's why straw man is called straw man, really. <laughs> which are basically trying to say like, hey, I've got an idea. Knock it down. Please knock it down. I, there's nothing yeah, right. better for me than when someone, if I say, I really like this and someone just you know, craps all over it because, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best way to improve an investment idea is to challenge it and, and you should seek <laughs> that challenge rather than rather than yeah, avoid yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I, I think I, I would say though for the – I'm not going <laughs> to – so it's interesting to, say, to wonder whether those people using your strawman.com platform actually really do want their own ideas knocked down or whether they actually want to be right. There's probably, there's probably an interesting idea there. Oh, yes. The platform is designed that way, but I dare say like everybody, and it's not about your members at all, but like everybody, the whole idea of like, well, conceptually, I want you to knock my ideas around, but I think I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's human nature. It's very hard, but it's, but it's, wor- it's it worth the effort to try and, to try and take is, that mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, um, mate. Let's yeah. Let's move on to to very quickly, I guess. Um, the the fallout of COVID continues. The the uh, vaccination rollout um, is not exactly a rollout. It's kind of like a drip out or a kind of you know a missed out. There's there's very little in the way of vaccinations to be had Dribb- in out. Australia, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Qantas is still sticking determinedly. Determinedly, can I say that? Probably not. It's probably a better word. Doggedly. To their, we're going to be back in the skies in October forecast, despite the, the reality of the, mm. the, the vaccines that we have access to, have ordered, can have delivered, aren't going to be in place by then. There does seem some difference. And I guess, talk about travel mobs, talk about the, you know, the, the, the travel managers, the, um, the airlines, others. Just broadly, though, how, how much good news, how much good, overly good news is priced into share prices right now? How really clear understood mindful is the market of what might happen next because i've got to say when that kind of delay was kind of known or at least announced the market didn't move much now either either that's because we're all cynical bastards and we knew Mm. it wasn't going to happen anyway or the good news is pricing we don't want to give it up or something um what do you what do you make of that kind of idea of you know quantas still sticking to its targets the share price not moving and then the rest of us going 
That doesn't seem very likely to me. Yeah. You know, the, the more I've done this, the more I actually tend to ignore, quote unquote, the market. Mm. You know, so what is the, the market? Well, we, we generally, we're, we're referring to the all odds of the S&P 200. It's, it's an index, yeah. you know, hundreds and hundreds of stocks that are sort of yeah. in that. And as, as I said, with sort of uh, economics data, there's, there, there's an average there that sort of hides a lot of nuance and stuff. So yeah, the market's been doing well. And, 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 and in a lot of ways, not in a silly kind of way. There's a lot of businesses that have really benefited from from this situation and, and maybe the negativity that you, you're sort of speaking of uh, is more borne out on a stock specific basis, but just just uh, clouded a little bit about about all of, all of these other kind of things mm. happening. Um, so, and, and then on, on top of that, you've just got all this money sloshing around looking for a home mm. and the, you know, interest rates are super low. So there's all of mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So in terms of what, um, that specific issue that you raise in terms of travel and the ongoing COVID situation mm-hmm. means for the market. It's really, I find it, I find it an increasingly difficult question to answer. So let's bring it down to the web jets, the flight centers, the Qantases and all of mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, I think I, I hear two arguments. There's, there is one, and, and this is one that resonates with me intellectually where people mm-hmm. rightly sort of say, well, look at some point it will get, it will recover. And yeah. if I'm a very, very long-term investor, this is this is a really good opportunity. It is that is the time to buy when there's blood on the streets. As, right, so long right. as you think the company will survive and, and emerge emerge at the other end, I think that's I think that's really really sensible, um, uh, because it, it, because it will pass. <clears throat> but but at the same time, uh, I think where where that can get a bit dangerous is when people mm-hmm. start putting specific dates on this or is it October or I mean, when we look at past sort of forecasts around this and how laughably wrong they, they kind of were. And I would, I would suggest that when, you know, as this year unfolds, we'll, we'll sort of look back at what we're sort of thinking and saying now and sort of say, Oh gosh, we, we, we were so off. So look, I, 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 I tend to sort of uh, take this approach of, you know, sort of plan for the worst hope, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think that, Let's say, let's say, let's play a hypothetical game. Let's say that um, some miracle occurs and every single Australian is, is vaccinated by next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that's great. That, that is that is brilliant news. Are we going to start opening up all our borders? Are we going to start seeing an influx of, <laughs> of foreign tourists and students? Mm. We're not, because as yeah. anyone who watches the news will know, there yeah. are some countries out there that are doing, you know, India, Brazil, just other areas um, that are just yeah. doing it really, really, really hard. And and the other thing that's interesting too is that longer this goes on, we're actually seeing the emergence of new variants. Um, so it, it, it this has. I'm, I'm not saying this is going to happen. It probably won't. But there is the potential for this to go on much longer and be much worse than than any of us uh, kind of expect. So mm. I don't know, mate. That's that's a long ramble on. And yeah, for me, just to really land on, I don't know with all of these things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? What do you think? I've kind of got two views. Um, I I hope it's the case. So what I what I thought was so. I'm going to give myself a plug for a second. And I'm going to give myself a plug only because I want our listeners to know. And you were doing the same thing at the same time, by the way. So feel free to do the same on your own behalf. I was shouting in March and April last year that we should be continuing to buy or at the very, very least holding, right? Despite the doom and gloom, to your point about things recovering, there were a whole heap of experts, would-be experts, commentators, loudmouths in February, March, April last year saying, sell everything, sell everything, sell everything. And then when they did, they were like, well, don't buy yet. Wait for the recovery. Wait for the recovery. Wait till COVID's over. You know what? COVID's not over and the market's back to within a tiny fraction of of its highs. Now, 
I, I was I making a forecast? No. Well, I kind of in, in part, right? Like what I said was the markets never never fail to get back to its highs, and so if and when it does, if it takes five years, once it's fallen forty percent, that's the best part of a sixty percent recovery. If it takes five years, mm. that's essentially a ten percent, you know, at compound return, which is what you'd expect. If it was any quicker than that, mm. you were going to get a really unusually large annualized return on your investment by buying or at the very least holding from that point. It was. As clear as the nose, the very impressive and, and uh, outstanding nose on my face, which you know really is, was a story of, you know, those people who said no, 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 wait, wait, wait. It was just madness, right? Just absolute madness. Anyway, I say that because yeah. I wanted to, frankly, use it for credibility, not not for my own ego, though we always like that. But because I want people to know, looking back now, that I think they should be looking at those people who said buy or at least hold and those who said still having run away run away run away it was dumb at the time it's obviously dumb now um and so i I say that because i think that's important um and the market recovered as it as it was likely to do as it was almost certain to do i'm you and i aren't allowed to say certain in this in this business um but you Mm. know pretty close let's Mm. let's so let's roll that forward to your to your question of uh, you know what i think i I hope it's likely the markets are looking through the timeframes and saying, okay, as you say, at some point, Qantas gets back in the air. At some point, the travel bookings continue. At some point, these things happen and we can kind of roughly price that. It's not worth full price because it's a while away, but if it happens in six or 12 months, well, okay, you're losing six or 12 months of business. But from that point forward, there is some sort of new normal and you can kind of guesstimate what you're prepared to pay for that. And the delay in vaccination should have been relatively foreseen by the market. Shouldn't be a surprise. And so it shouldn't have moved on the news. And I'm desperately hoping the market's actually being sensible. I, what I will say, and we might talk about this a bit later, but companies like Kogan I've banged on about a lot on this podcast because I think it's one of the better investment ideas out there. Um, some of these businesses have been left for dead because of the, you know, the, the way the market thinks as things are going to recover, just as the whole market was left for dead in March, April last year. And I just think, so, you know, travel stocks, I think they're probably not massively... Um, uh, mispriced right now. I think they're probably pretty fairly priced given the odds of uh, and the timeframes of, of recovery. Um, mm. So I don't think it should have jumped or fallen, but I'm hoping that's because the market's smart rather than because the market's missed it. And I'm, you know, given the evidence, my point of bringing up March, April, May was given the evidence, the market has a dramatically, you know, uncomfortable history of overreacting. <laughs> so I would just say, yeah. you know, just because nothing's happened yet doesn't mean nothing can happen. Uh, but also, as you said, keep an eye on the on the long term. Speaking yeah, the other thing that, I would add, just, 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 sorry, sorry, mate, is, is that there's this notion out there, and, and this is, this is just the experts are as guilty as this as anyone else is that, <laughs> yeah, the, to do, doing well in the market is it's it's about picking the bottom. So so what yeah, what right. you need to do. So those people sort of saying sell last year was like, well, sell now because the market's going to fall a lot, and then when it falls and it's at the bottom, that's when you buy. Now that sounds yeah. really smart. It sounds really smart. It's very hard to argue with, with the logic of that, of course. But as the the you know the the saying goes, no one rings a bell at the bottom, right. um, and so it's so it's so it's so it's just a really stupid stupid thing to do. You don't you don't you don't you can't point to um, the bottom and and uh, until in hindsight. <laughs> um, but the the more important point is is that you can still do remarkably well. You don't get many free kicks in investing, mate, but there are, there are two that just they're so obvious that they just they mm-hmm. too seem too simple to be effective. One is diversification, obviously, a really easy free kick. Um, the, the other one is dollar cost averaging, which is just the idea of just dribbling money. And so just to, we, while we're while we're you know blowing our own horns here, mm-hmm. um, my my uh, 
my writings last year was basically, I got no idea how bad this is going to get or how long it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I do think that, you know, we're not, we're not headed towards the zombie apocalypse. There, there will be light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> and, and, and we will recover. So my strategy is, and this is up on our blog, my strategy is, is basically just to not try and pick the bottom. I am just, I've got this much money to invest hopefully going to keep a bit of income coming in over the period. I'm just going to, every month or so, I'm just going to allocate some money. Sometimes it'll be high, sometimes it'll be low. It is, spreadsheet nerds out there, do a little exercise on this, you know, (laughs) and and it it is so, so, so powerful. And yes, you'll look back and go, oh, geez, I wish I bought more then and geez, that wasn't the best time to buy. But it always works remarkably, remarkably well. So it's just sort of, and, and I would say it again with with with, with uh, travel stocks, just to bring it back to to mm-hmm. to, to, to the point. So if, if if you like that area and you like the business, uh, etc., um, and you think that there is a bright future ahead, um, well, buy some stock. You know, don't don't back up the truck and decide this is the point at which I'm going all in. Um, just start dri- <laughs> yeah. start dribbling it away. I, I I doubt you'll have you'll have much regret. The other thing I would say too is um, we always obviously um, all of us tend to focus a lot on earnings. It's super imper- important. It's the main. It's it's the driver long term of of share market returns. But I think it's also a very good reminder um, the importance of balance sheet strength. So you're not going to be there for the recovery if you run out of cash uh, or if you've got a huge debt burden. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that if you are looking at this space and you do have that longer term view, that is all great. But the mm. companies with really, really strong balance sheets are going to be the ones that, that weather the storm and then emerge at the other end. In fact, sometimes in the fullness of time and often in the fullness of time, it's actually seen as a great advantage because a lot of their competitors go to the wall. They, they come out the other side. There's much more market, op- market share uh, to be had by them and longer term that they win. So, so <clears throat> yes, absolutely focus on, on what, you know, what you think the, the earnings capacity of the business is longer term. Mm. Just make sure they've got that, that strength to, to endure and, and, and be around for the recovery because it doesn't matter how great the business is. If, if things, if, if if they if they can't survive if there's a big liquidity or cash crunch with within that period, well, you know, all bets are off. It's 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 a good chance it goes to zero, or there's just such a massive dilution event as that you know you, it's gonna mm. you're gonna really struggle to to make any decent money. Yep, I like it. I like it. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple m. Mate, um, <laughs> I'm I'm loath to go to this new, next topic, but I will. Um, we're going to talk about Bitcoin, and yes. we're going to talk about Bitcoin because when you kind of made me. Um, so, Bitcoin. <laughs> we have to. At- we have to talk about it. It's eighty something thousand dollars Australian lately. Wow. I mean, just no point providing. Wow, we have got Coinbase. We've got Coinbase list IPOing overnight. Speaking um, of Ponzi schemes, doing remarkably uh, let's, well. Let's- <laughs> Let's do that. So, yes, you, you've, you've already mentioned the, the, the two big, the two big points. The first is that uh, we know that Bitcoin has hit a an all time record, either uh, well, either because it's worth it or because, like the South Sea bubble, these things do go up. Uh, and of course, we have Coinbase, which is the uh, trading platform. It's not really a brokerage, but it's kind of most. It's kind of closest to that. It's a place where you can buy, yep. sell, and store bitcoins. I think it's the largest one. Um, Hundred billion dollar valuation. Yep. I saw overnight the the picks and shovels play of the Bitcoin craze, if you like, uh, potentially, or maybe maybe it's not. It is though a 
uh, it's a thing, right? Now, this is this is kind of come full circle in some weird kind of way because last time you and I were doing this podcast together, which was a few years ago now, um, we used to talk about Bitcoin semi-regularly because it's kind of that was the last time it was hot. I don't know if, I don't know if this is the um, maybe we're ringing the bell. Maybe this is the bell being rung at the top, right? By the time we're talking about Bitcoin again, that tells you exactly what you need to know. Or maybe Bitcoin's <laughs> finally arrived. It's gone through the valley of despair and it's back. Now, I should disclose, uh, just for fun, because we used to do this, I do own some Bitcoin. I bought 100 bucks worth of Bitcoin. It was a four or five years ago, mate. It must have been, I suppose, given how long you've been away from the fool. Um, and it was largely just to kind of follow along, just to kind of put it in the back pocket, follow along with the whole story. Um, just kind of you know, ha- have the process of buying, selling, tracking. All just There's a, there's a really cool idea, um, really quick tangent. Tom Gaynor from Mark Hill, one of the US investment companies that we kind of like, um, has a massive portfolio of stocks for Mark Hill, hundreds of stocks. But almost all the money, 95 plus percent will be in his best dozen or so ideas. And he buys a whole lot of stuff just to follow along. And he'll sell it eventually if he doesn't like the idea, but it kind of reminds him to keep track of it, reminds him to check in on the story. It is just naturally true. It's a really great kind of nudge, that, that kind of behavioral psychology idea. Of if once, you, once you own it, you tend to kind of just keep an eye on it because you own it, you know you own it. And so you just follow it in a way you wouldn't if you were just thinking yeah. about it, which I really love as, a, as an idea, by the way. And there's, there's something in that for, for our listeners. So anyway, I bought I bought hundred bucks with Bitcoin back in the day. Uh, I still own that Bitcoin, and again, I gave you is, I gave you heaps for it too. At, you did, and, and <laughs> at the, and the time, joke, I gave course, you heaps for it. Yeah. I own it still because the Coinbase app, funnily enough, the company literally went public overnight. Uh, we're talking recording this on Thursday morning, the fifteenth, I should say, just to, to date stamp this. Um, it went out public overnight. Uh, I still own the the Bitcoin, and it still remains the case that Australians cannot sell Bitcoin through Coinbase. They'll let you buy, but they won't let you sell. I don't know if that's a Ponzi scheme or just the Hotel California, mate. I'm not entirely sure, but that's where I find I myself. Get... <laughs> Go on. I can't get my head around that. I don't. I mean, at it the time, weird, I guess it was really new. It's just like, but but I then would, I asked I, you I this morning, totally. like, can you sell? And you said, yeah, no, no, I still can't sell. You nope. blew my mind. Like, I, yeah. you know, well, you think that would have worked we, out? We by always now, say that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I just, I just kind of think as a value prop, um, yeah. you know, it, there's a lot of places you can buy Bitcoin, a lot of exchanges. And yeah, when you're yeah. looking around, you sort of say, hey, here's one, but by the way, you can only buy. I just, I, I, I can't believe that there's any success with that. So I've got diamond hands, um, mate, as they I've say got, in the trade. <laughs> These days, the cool kids. Yeah, diamond hands. You sell, you hold no matter real. what, apparently. <laughs> well, Buffett does say the best holding period is forever. So I That's guess, true. you know, you, <laughs> it forces it forces that. But now, um, so I, just, I, think, I, I still uh, think Bitcoin is silly, by the way. I still, I, I own some. I, you know what? It's actually my second best performing investment, by the way. It's up about tenfold <laughs> since I bought them. Uh, it, it, is, it is the best annualized return I've ever had, which is bizarre enough. I still don't like it. I still think it's a terrible idea. Uh, but... I should say, by the way, the Motley Fool owns $5 million US worth of Bitcoin or, or bought. Sorry, I don't know what the value is now. So just for full disclosure. Um, the good thing is we have no house for you. Mm. So unless I get tapped on the shoulder after this podcast, um, our CEO bought some Bitcoin and, and, and fantastic. I still think it's silly. So that's okay too. Uh, and of course, because you gave me a hard time about it four or five years ago, mate, you're obviously still hating the idea, right? I've flipped. I've flip-flopped. What? I, I actually, I bought a chunk at the start of the year. You yeah, did? Yeah, I've. I've changed my mind. I think. Are you the I capitulation think, you know, trade? Look, when the facts change, sir, I, I change my mind, and <laughs> I think I, I I was very resistant to it for a long, 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 long time. So, what I should stress at the moment, we're talking literally something. It's about one percent of my portfolio, so it's an extremely okay. small holding, relatively uh, overall. Right. But I think I think 
it, things have changed a lot since since 2017. Um, it, it, one of one of the things there's a couple of things. So, so one is is that the proof of concept has been firmly validated. So there is there is incredible financial incentive for people to try and hack this and and break the system because if you can if you can if you can right, you know. Right, right. Um, get around this and I can steal your Bitcoin, I'm going to make billions of dollars, right? <laughs> so, and it hasn't been happened. So it's sort of like, wow, this, this thing actually works. It is, it is super, super safe. The other thing that's happened is a more fuzzy one, which is a psychological one. And this, mm. this is going to sound really dumb. I was on Ausbiz yesterday and uh, Koshi mentioned it for some reason. And I said, oh, I actually like it. Nearly fell off his chair. And, <laughs> <laughs> explain yourself. Explain yourself, sir. And I kind of back. went... Oh man, I, I look it it's it's it sounds a bit airy fairy, but at the end of the day, um <laughs> money is a story. It's a dream, it's a fantasy. It's not real. It's real in as much as we all think it's real in, in our heads. You know, it's like it used to be seashells and then it used to be gold and silver tokens and you know, then it was gold back fee, uh, uh, currency and then you know and, and then we then we had credit cards and then we, it, there's been this evolution of things and all of them kind of seem crazy at first glance until there is that sort of wide acceptance of of the fact <laughs> that, it, that that it is that it is real and i think we've passed that point now now when you've got institutions when you've got people like the motley fool as a corporation buying it when you've got uh, other big institutions buying it uh, companies more and more accepting it as a form it, it's it's actually crossed that chasm i, I believe and the other thing that was different back then there was just thousands of different altcoins still a lot of altcoins now but it, like I, 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 I can fork Bitcoin myself right now i can create my own coin you know it's fantastic but it won't have that global acceptance Bitcoin has that now. So, mm-hmm. so proof of concept, the technology is work, works, it's robust, um, and it, it, is, it is seen as something that, that actually has value by a, a, an increasingly large amount of people. And so I actually think that it is, it is a genuinely new thing in the universe that, that's never happened before. It's something which is a native uh, mechanism or either a store of value or a transaction mechanism for the internet that is native to the internet. So I think if you think the internet is going to be around and be a bigger thing in the future mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, national currencies have less of uh, uh, relevance in that kind of context, I think there is something that, that, that needs to, to fill that vault and i think and i think bitcoin has every opportunity of doing that but i'll say this as well what i always look for in investments is is asymmetry as i said at the beginning this is always a probabilistic game so this this thing could absolutely go to zero but at the same time this could be five hundred thousand dollars a bitcoin in another 10 years time so it's kind of like well i could i could lose the little bit of money that i have in it or i could make a a, a huge amount and i love those kinds of bets um (laughs) uh, whereas there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment it's just like well if i'm right i I think afterpay is an example of this right especially at 150 Mm -hmm. bucks if it's right you know i I might get a 10 or 15 percent per annum return if it's wrong i lose everything and that's asymmetry against you so there's a lot to be said. We could do a whole special episode on Bitcoin. So without going too oh, far we're down so the road, so not going to do that. Just quietly. I, 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 I think there's. I will be dragged, kicking and screaming to that special episode. <laughs> I think. I think there's a rational. I think a rational person um, can do it. And and and. But I, I do it knowing full well that this is going to be the bumpiest ride of all time. It, it yeah. could have and will have huge swing downs. But and I'm yeah. I'm doing this for a ten year investment horizon. And and on yeah. my plan 
is to, as I said before, with dollar cost averaging, I'm probably just going to chuck a little bit more money at every every quarter, every six months, something like that. Um, if, you burn your, if, you want, if you want to throw your money away, give it to me. Give it to a charity. Do something useful with it. Don't buy people. <laughs> well, talking about look, talking about you know trying to preserve your ego, I can sort of go, ah, oh, look how right I am. I'm up a gazillion percent since the start of the year. But but you know, I I oh man, I don't know. What am I trying to say? I I I, I think. The coin. Let's bring it back to point. Coinbase is mm. is um, this, th- these guys made in the first quarter, or they're expecting to make something around eight hundred million dollars in profit. This is a real business, right? And this is a is, it's a business that um, has some advantages in terms of its scale and its awareness. People tend to sort of go with the best and biggest known names. So I think there's a, there's a bit of a first mover advantage there. There's a bit of there's um, there's a there's a scale advantage there. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the financials. I think from a, a very quick read of it, the the company is on a PE of twenty eight, and I think it has the potential to grow pretty fast. So it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. the craziest investment in the world to me. So you got you own gold then, yeah? No, I mean same thing, right? I mean, what, you, Bitcoin, you, gold, you own, you own something. Yeah, same thing. No, no, no. That's, has no, has, no, has no earnings. It produces it, it, no income. Based on based on whatever someone else will pay for it in the future, maybe possibly could double, could halve. If you don't make speculations, you probably should, you might as well buy a racehorse, buy some art, whiskey uh, barrels, buy some whiskey <laughs> barrels. Convince, convince me that Bitcoin is actually different from gold, other than the fact that. Cool people are excited about it and you're jumping on the bubble train. Um, actually, Bitcoin is really similar to gold, um, massively similar to gold. Um, and Why I, buy gold? I'm, I'm, uh, you've you gold. gold in your life. Why all of a sudden buy... I mean, I'm being, I'm being deliberately provocative, of course. I'm not... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The genu- look, hey, look, it, it's it's a... It, these are the... Qu- I said at the beginning, you want your ideas to be challenged. So thank you, sir. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I think, I think, it's, I think it's, it's great that you do this. So... So I, I've I've long sort of been against gold as an investment, but the reality is is that no matter what I sort of say, it mm, is accepted. Mm. If I gave you a, a kilo of gold, you would be a very very happy person. And in fact, I could give anyone on the planet a chunk of gold, and they will go, "Thank you very much, <laughs> sir." That is something that has genuine value. Now, most of the gold that we dig up either ends up in in underground again in in a vault. There's very little industrial <laughs> yeah, application right. for it. You know, it doesn't produce an income. In fact, it usually costs money to store, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But it 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 is part of the zeitgeist. It has value because people think it has value. So mm-hmm. so Bitcoin Bitcoin is the same. The difference with it is is that that acceptance. So while everyone on the planet will accept gold, not everyone on the planet will accept Bitcoin. But it is it is true trending that way very, very fast. So I think that there is a lot more upside in terms of the valuation that is there. They both, mm. They're both fungible. They, they're both um, scarce. Um, they're both tradable. They're both recognized as having value. One mm. is just much earlier. Much, I mean, gold's been around for you know, tens of thousands of years as, yeah. as seen as value. So, but but this, is, this is just getting going. So I think at a, at a point, um, it'll, it'll, it, it, it won't have that upside. But I think here in 2021, it, it has quite a bit of upside. There you go. We shall see. We shall see. As I said, if we want to throw money away, mate, I think you should throw it my way. Don't give it to the people selling Bitcoin. Give it to give it to a charity. <laughs> You're going to waste money, mate. There's a better place to waste it than buying Bitcoin. Can, can, I, can I just say away. this, though, before we move on? on. I think where it's... Where, where it gets dangerous, where it gets dangerous, though, is 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 that <laughs> I was speaking to someone um, yesterday at, at Osbiz, in fact, and and they'd had mm. like this big institutional investor, and they're, they're launching a crypto fund. <laughs> and I said, I you know, right. so again, sign of the times, right? 
And and I said, oh, okay, right. So oh, they're, they're buying now. And he said, oh, no, he just, he want, he's waiting for a 10% pullback and then he's going to buy. I'm like, that, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. If your thesis on Bitcoin is that this, I, I've got an accurate valuation and there's, a, there's a, like, you yeah. know, at, at the current price, it's crazy, but 10% lower, it's, it's, it's a screaming bargain. It, Back up it the is, truck. <laughs> it, is, it is stupid, you know? So you get all of these silly things happening. I think a lot of people, this is what happened in, in 2017. Most people got washed out when, when, when that crash happened. Um, very right. few people continued to, to hold on. So if you are in right. this space, this isn't something to trade, I, I would argue. This is something you have no hope of forecasting where it's going to go short term. I mean, Lord knows we can't do that with markets or the economy. We ser- sure as hell can't do it with Bitcoin. <laughs> so I just, I just kind of think if you are in that space and you are going to do it, go with, go with the, the coins, uh, um, the currencies that that have very wide acceptance and have, have got that that first mover advantage, and do right. it knowing that it's going to be hyper volatile and that you need to hold this thing at least sort of for five years because anything mm-hmm. else is is you're right is pure speculation. <laughs> I like how you're saying anything else is speculation, but Bitcoin? No, that's not holding it five years. That's speculation. <laughs> Other stuff speculation. Well. Well, it's like CSL uh, or pick pick a great company. You know, it's like if I was to buy it with the intention of selling it next week, that's pure speculation. Yeah, CSL is an incredible asset, but I'm buying it for ten years. That's a very sensible thing. So I I, I put that spin on it when it comes to Bitcoin as well. (laughs) It it, it is it is only something to hold for the for the long term. (laughs) Spin is a very very good word you choose to use. We'll reconvene. In 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I, yes, I, I'm not going to. I will disagree with that. But that's okay. Uh, I'm that's not going to buy Bitcoin. Although I hold Bitcoin, ironically. You now buy, probably own more Bitcoin than I do, which is, which is fine. Uh, which You've got no choice to but to hold I, it from what I, from what I understand. <laughs> so I'm just going to very quickly put the, put the bear case here just for the sake of balance because I think you're wrong. Uh, and by the way, mate, I do, <laughs> I do, and our listeners, I'm sure, will appreciate your willingness to have a, a fun uh, debate where we actually get to tease out the issues without getting too serious about it. Of it's, course, um, it, it's, it, I this this thing earns no income, produces no profits, and relies on people being willing to pay more for it at some point in the future. And those things all might happen, but I don't think that if I, I don't. I take your point about proof of concept to some degree. I think there is still, by the way, a non-zero chance that the whole thing does break down at some point through some unexpected means. And given there is no other way to oh, sure, confirm sure. title or hold title, there is a there is a zero risk, right? I don't know how big that is. It's probably infinitesimally small because, as you say, there's plenty of incentive for someone to break it already. But if the Bitcoin thing was literally yeah. broken, I think there's a there's a very real chance in, in a way that you can't break dollar notes or you know because they're backed by something else and you have other title which isn't just a, a key a random set of numbers and letters that you, you hold somewhere so there's that well, sorry just um, i've got it sorry 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 yeah, i have go. to interrupt what what's what's the aussie dollar backed by the full faith of the full faith and force of the australian government so so faith the com- the government will make good on your dollars you can there's no one to go to a bitcoin there's no higher power right so let's say the same thing has happened to both no one's going to say, oh, no, I'll fix the Bitcoin thing. I'll appeal to the Bitcoin board or the Bitcoin government will come and help me or uh, I know there is a, a fundamental backing there. The idea that there is a medium of exchange which is backed by something more than just the code is I, I, people will say, well, that's why I own Bitcoin because no one else can play, with, play the game with it. I think that's absolutely right. On the flip side, if something goes wrong, a la the economy more recently, someone can step in, interest rates, financial, monetary, fiscal policy, uh, there is no option with Bitcoin, right? It's just it is what it is, what it is, and that's both 
a benefit to some people who like it, but it's also a, I won't even say a risk, because you, you can't, there's, there's no one to appeal to, right? You lose your Bitcoin key, no one, no one to talk to. Uh, you want to make a change, no one to talk to. No. And that, that for me is a, a pretty significant mm. uh, additional risk you're taking on unnecessarily, in my view. I would say cryptographically it is it is backed, but you know that's that's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, <laughs> I think to me that's same too, same, same can be said with gold, right? Like no one backs gold. There's no one out there that says I will underpin the value of gold or palladium exactly. or I, silver. I don't own gold either for exactly the same reason, dude. I completely right, agree. Right. Um, okay, I, yeah, but but you know, I think I think that's the other thing is we don't we don't yet know, and I you know I'm, I'm not. Like all of these things, I'm not stupid enough to go short any of this stuff or to say it absolutely can't work. I'm just saying if I, if you lined it up and said, make me a case as to why with my fixed finite limited pool of resources, fixed finite limited are the same thing, by the way, I just repeated myself three times, uh, mm-hmm. with, with, my, with my fixed finite limited pool of resources, uh, you know, it, does Bitcoin qualify for part of that pool? For me, unless I can justify why I expect it to be worth more in future, through something other than, oh, well, people might pay more for it. Because it's obviously you, mate, I've got these shares and they're really cool. People will pay more for them in five years' time because there'll just be more mm. demand. You'd be like, dude, don't be stupid. What, what profit's going to make? Oh, I don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Does it have any dividends? No, no, no. What does it do? Nothing. Just sits there. But people will pay more for it in five years, promise. You'd, you'd look at me askance and say, oh, I don't know why today that was investing. And so I just choose mm. not to play the game. Maybe it, maybe it triples, maybe it halves. That's it. I got my 100 bucks with the Bitcoin I bought a few years ago. Um, yeah, maybe triples, maybe it halves. I don't have a, I don't have a strong view, but for me, it just doesn't pass mm. the investing test. That is, what criteria would you use to allocate some of your investing capital to something? Bitcoin, simply the fact that someone might want it more in future or not, but there's no real way of assessing how likely or otherwise that is in my mind. Um, I'd happily, you know, everyone wants tulips, then no one wants tulips, right? In 16, whatever it was. Uh, you know, the fact that more people want it, the fact that more people see it as a medium or a store of exchange, the fact that more people think it's valuable, the fact that demand outstrips supply, I, I think this is the thing. I, I, I'm not saying it's, it is a bubble at all. What I am saying is I don't think you can say it's not, there's no fundamental way of assessing it to separate it from either gold or tulips or something else. And I think for me, I'm just simply choosing to, to give it a pass. I just, I don't, I don't have any confidence or faith or any basis for that. I think, I do think people are getting carried away with it. I think if it wasn't digital, uh, now people say digital is part of its key promise, right? That's why it works. But if it wasn't, if the cool kids weren't buying it because the cool kids were buying it, I was on radio on Monday and uh, some guy said, "Oh, it's going to work because the, the the young kids understand it." So no, 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 I understand it too. I'm just not swept up in it. That, and that was kind of you know one of those um, one of those things. So that that's my that's my counter argument for investing in it. Not again a, a rationale for it to lose value or to be worth less because I don't have a view. Um, I simply choose to put it in the too hard basket. But I'm not going to invest in it with my money because uh, I don't see it passing an investment test with a limited pool of capital. I'd rather have a higher probability set of outcomes. I actually really respect that. And in, in fact, I, I'm, I'm very fond of saying that there is nothing wrong with putting things in the too hard basket. In fact, most of the things that come across my desk end up, it's a very full basket <laughs> next to my desk. Yeah, same, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, absolutely. I'm not that, sm- I'm not that yeah. smart a person. So, um, <laughs> uh, so th- th- you, don't, you don't have to have a view on everything and you don't mm-hmm. have to fully understand everything. So just, yeah. And I, I, again, I, I repeat this a lot as well, but as Buffett says, look for the one-foot bars to step over, not the six-foot yeah. bars that you have to high jump over. So yeah. whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's... <clears throat> Webjet, or whether it's gold, or whether it's emu farms, or whatever the hell it is, <laughs> if if you if you say you really look into it and you know hand on heart say do I do I 
I really understand this. If you don't, mm. chuck it in the too hard basket. There's other stuff out there that you will have a good comprehension of and that's where you should focus your efforts. So each each to their own. I'm, I'm certainly not out there to try and promote it. I certainly don't want to try and encourage people to do it if, if it's not not for them. Um, mm. and, and no shame, no shame, no shame in doing it. Um, time, time will tell, I suppose. Nice. I uh, one day I will ask you why uh, this isn't in the too hard basket, given exactly the way you've just described it. But until then, we'll hold that thought. Maybe we've run out of time. We're going to okay. have to come back on Sunday with a mailbag. What do you reckon? You in? I'm always in, man. I'm always in. Lots of good questions that I saw come in, so I'm really yes, keen hey, to mate. to do our best. We've got to a very very yeah. full mailbag. That being said, if you want to contribute to the mailbag, you can jump on the Twitter machine. Go to TMF Scott P is my Twitter handle. The Motley Fool AU is the Motley Fool's handle. Andrew is Sage underscore Simeon. And did we decide it was Strawman Invest? Is that what we decided it was last week? Uh, Strawman Invest, all one word. Yes. There you go. At Strawman Invest on Twitter or at Sage Simeon, as I said. You can get hold of us on Instagram. I'm at TMF Scott P. And The Motley Fool is at The Motley Fool AU. And if you're on Facebook... Andrew's not because he rants about that sort of thing, but the rest of us are. And so you can go to The Motley Fool Australia or Scott Phillips Money. Of course, please do subscribe to the podcast if you like what we've been doing. Uh, subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on another one. Also, please leave us a review, leave us a rating. And if you would, please do tell your friends because uh, we have a lot of... Someone actually sent us a photo of talking. They were actually riding bikes talking about our podcast, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I, I can't promise they were doing that. I can't, have the, I can't hear the audio. But I'm told that's what they were talking awesome. about. So if you if you do like it, and, and we would encourage you to leave that review and rating because it helps other people find the podcast. It pushes it up the charts and all the stuff that all the podcast apps do. So do give that a chance if you would, if you would be so kind. We'd very, very much appreciate it. If you want a little bit of foolishness straight to your inbox, including some marketing from us, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's it for this week's Motley Fool Money. We'll see you on Sunday with another dose of Foolish Mailbag Insight. Full on. Happy investing. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.